When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast. We are live as we do so every Monday morning at 9 a.m. ish. A couple minutes late today. Um, lots of stuff going on with the NFL playoffs, coaching searches, etc. And then when I log in, my says, we can't find your camera or, or microphone. Okay, quick restart. And then let's get started. You don't really care how all of that works. You just want to talk some Falcons football. And frankly, I'm, I'm actually a little surprised. I guess I shouldn't be. But it feels like the Falcons had zeroed in on their target and had gotten their two interviews in. And th- this situation may have already resolved itself. They were going to make a quick hire. That said, for whatever you can believe, owners and general managers, when they speak in front of the public, Arthur Blank and Rich McKay said that this would not necessarily be a quick process. They wanted to take their time. And frankly, they have. Uh, they've interviewed 13 candidates already. They've interviewed two of them, one of them one twice. Bill Belichick is the only one that has gotten two interviews. Jim Harbaugh is scheduled for a second interview, and they have put in a request for Carolina Panthers defensive coordinator Ajiro Evero for a second interview. So right now, if we're counting interviews, the guys who have talked about having second interviews are Bill Belichick, who has gotten a second interview. Jim Harbaugh, who is scheduled for a second interview, and Ejiro Evero, who has been requested for the Carolina Panthers to have a second interview. So we just got started. We're going to bring in Nick Kendall here, who is just getting done with an early morning baby feed. Nick, it looks like you're relatively clean. Either that or did a quick wardrobe change, so I think everything went well for you. How you doing this morning? Tired, tired. Pretty good, though. Uh, he's developed a... Uh pattern of he's pretty sleepy i uh, came a little early so a little bit uh sleepy throughout most of the day but 11 a 11 p.m to 3 a.m man party's on uh awake you know crying <laughs> cooing doing all this stuff so we'd like to break that pattern but here i think it's monday god bless um and uh, excited to talk a little ball yeah i think for the first couple of weeks it was every two hours for us yeah you know so i i, I do like a 10 and go to bed she'd get the she would get the uh the midnight um, I'd get the 2 a.m. and go back to bed, and then I'd, then I'd get up at 2, 4, 8. It wasn't so bad. Uh, it wasn't so bad to be able to do it that way. But, uh, yeah, it, it can be tough. So want to uh, want to say hello to everybody. We come in and do these live because we like having y'all here. And we've gotten a lot of new faces in here. Uh, the, the channel's grown almost 10% this month alone. Um, not just all Falcons fans, but a lot. And I want to say thank you to those of you that come in. Um, just a reminder, you know, we do all kinds of stuff. One of the reasons I was late is because I was posting or at least scheduling Sean McDermott's explanation for running a fake punt with DeMar Hamlin and not, you know, trying to go for it with Josh Allen, which, you know, makes for some interesting listening. And then we've got the next week, Nick, next Monday, I'm leaving for, uh, for senior bowl, leaving for driving down to mobile. So it's going to, and I expect that to be our best year ever with the quarterbacks down there and everything. And, the size of the channel growing because of people like you. So it should be a really good time. I want to say hello to some folks like John Harrell, who came in nice and early before we even got started. He says, good morning, Scott and Nick. And the boys from cold Wisconsin. Man, it's cold everywhere. 
And as I was down here this morning or yesterday morning, Nick, working, I'm like, it smells like heat. And it smells like my heat just kicked on. And it shouldn't have. No, no. That's the smell of my furnace dying. I've already replaced three air conditioners and now it's the furnace. I've got more HVAC in my house than I do car to drive. It's uh, but, you know, you want to buy a house built in the 80s, get ready to replace a bunch of stuff. Well, as long as you're staying warm, uh, it's uh, that's no good. We have a, I typically love to sleep pretty chilly um, in the house. You know, typically we'd have it like 68 during the day and then drop it down to 60 at night and bundle up. But now that the baby's here, nope, we're uh, 68 to 72. God <laughs> bless it. And anything else is uh, concerning. So we're, we're cooking now. And also the pets sleep in the king bed with us. So they're all like crammed on me, the big golden retriever. So. It's hot. Talk about it. That's, I'm not sleeping the most comfortably either, but uh, that's that's okay. We, baby's mostly sleeping, so that's great. My 15-pound cat takes up more space and hogs the covers. I'm like, come on, man. How are you doing? Michael Ronquillo, how are you doing? He says, good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons podcast. And I've got a, a shepherd mix that would just sheds way too much to ever... I've never let them sleep in the uh, sleep in the bed, but the cats, they they get to, they get spoiled. Michael Ronquillo up nice and early with us. Good to see you. Henry Monster. That feels like a newer name. Uh, if not, apologies, but I'll remember it next time. Uh, Henry, good to see you. He says, good morning, Scott. What do these second interviews mean aside from Bill? What What's your interpretation of these with uh, with Jim Harbaugh? Because, and Ajiro Evero, because I think there was another comment down uh, down here a little bit, um, and I'll, I'll end up finding it eventually, but it, it, it seems like, you know, if Jim Harbaugh is taking a second interview with the Falcons, he has to be at least needs to be interested, right? Or is this just you know more negotiation tactics? You never really know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's a lot of due process stuff, figuring out what's going on. It's also some leveraging between each party as well, right? Like you don't know if Bill Belichick will take your offer, so you don't want to be so far down the Belichick or bust pathway that if he goes somewhere else or decides to you know retire, uh, that you're like, oh well, we have to start from square one now. So uh, you're go just going through the process. Makes a lot of sense. You're looking at a lot of the more uh, experienced candidates as well outside of Ajiro Evero. And uh, we'll see if more uh, more on the way. But right now, I'd probably say, I'd still say Belichick is the favorite, but it does seem like the vibes would say that they're backing off there a bit. Maybe Harbaugh is a favorite, but Blank's going to make a splash. Uh, Blank doesn't have a lot of time left. He's going to be aggressive. Uh, we kind of saw it with the Deshaun Watson stuff uh, just in general. They're looking to make a move and uh, catapultize on the next three to four years and that might be with a more experienced coach so we'll see i'm bobby slowick's available now there's some other guys as also you know how much of a mike mcdonald fan i am scott mm -hmm. so i'd be interested in him uh but seems like the experienced path of harbaugh and belichick is what it's going to come down to yeah and Slowick got his interview so did ben johnson um one of the interesting things like i said i cut up a bunch of different uh and listened to to the pressers from all across the the nfl Dan Campbell was asked, you know, how does how is Ben Johnson prioritizing these interviews? And he says, well, we'll find out because the first time he's allowed to interview is Saturday is on Saturday and, and Saturday night. And the Falcons got their interview with Ben Johnson last night via virtual interview after the Detroit Lions win that game. That's I mean, we know the Atlanta Falcons is a decent job. We know that we've we've taught it hasn't always been. A decent job but right now it's a good job arthur blank is a good guy to work for they've got plenty of money to pay top dollar um ask arthur smith he's getting a ton of it um 
the roster's in good shape. The facilities are great. It's good fan base down here. Atlanta's a great city. Uh, ben Johnson getting that uh, virtual interview after a big Detroit Lions win speaks a little bit of volumes too. Yeah, it's we'll see what happens uh, with who they could bring in. I, you know, Ben Johnson was a big one as well that we talked about. But again, seems like it's going to be one of the big names out here taking advantage of it. And you have a little bit, maybe a little bit less uh, upside, as crazy as that sounds, with the second time guy considering they were fired, but a lot more of a sure thing. So uh, I guess third time around for. Uh, Belichick, but will be a uh, really interesting, uh, no doubt. I'm uh, right now. I I think I would probably lean towards Jim Harbaugh is how the the roster is set up with the offensive line, uh, with how the with with Harbaugh. There's always going to be an expiration date because he just grinds people to a pulp. But I think that's okay with Arthur Smith here. If you're look or with a excuse me Arthur Blank that you're looking at a three to five year window here. Well, that matches up with the expiration date of people getting real freaking tired of uh, Harbaugh. So. I don't know what that means for somebody like Fontenot. Um, I know that uh, I think the name is Dobbs. Uh, he's assistant general manager of the Colts. He's somebody that Harbaugh has been close with that he would apparently like to work with. I don't know if that changes things a bit or if it makes uh, Fontenot on the hot seat if things go wrong this year. And, you know, oh, we'll just bring in Harbaugh's guy a year later. Uh, but uh, definitely, I, I think I am leaning towards Harbaugh right now, just with the infrastructure in place. Really? Um, yeah. I know that the the Chargers, you, where, where would you put the Chargers in this race then? Because I know that, that's been an attractive job. You got your quarterback. Um, you know, I'm not 100% sure on their salary cap situation. I don't feel like it's in as good a shape as the Falcons, but I, I'll look that up while you're answering my question. You know, well, what, they, what about have- the LA Chargers? Because I feel like they're one of the top rivals for who the, the the top candidates along with there's a lot of smoke around the Washington commanders and Ben Johnson you know for mm-hmm. me Ben Johnson is the top first time head coaching candidate out there yeah and there's a lot of talk right now around him and the commanders I would put McDonald with him as well but uh, I think that it comes down to do would you rather have the infrastructure in place around the quarterback or would you rather have the quarterback already there uh that really is the question let's say you know um uh, Harbaugh absolutely loves J.J. Uh, McCarthy. Well, you're not going to go get J.J. McCarthy with the Chargers because you have a Justin Herbert there, and he's one of the top. If there was a redraft of the entire league, Herbert's probably one of the first five picks, uh, first six picks. But in the Falcons, you're right there in McCarthy land uh, if you want to go out there and uh, get that quarterback. Maybe that's really enticing to somebody like a Harbaugh. So would be definitely interesting. It just comes down to if he wants the quarterback or not. I'm also curious to say, I know we talked about a week ago, like, oh, maybe this position comes open with the Cowboys. It didn't, but I'm going to wait and see to make sure that McDermott still has the job in Buffalo before I'm secure that he's there, considering how often they bump their head up there and the whole jihad thing that they had this year. You, I mean, not the just bizarre out there with McDermott. I know they rallied and won a bunch of games after that, but I mean, that's a team that, you probably need to reshuffle things uh, because you kind of reached your ceiling with who they are there. Uh, so maybe that's a position that comes open. And then you have a totally different conversation with a Josh Allen led team to, to be coached. But uh, I'm watching, watching that one as well. There was a funny Twix post. I'm, it's not funny, but it was making fun of that about, you know, about Sean McDermott. Um, the whole thing's yeah. not funny, but you know, if you can't laugh at yourself a little bit and, and yeah. some, Sometimes laughing helps bad things feel better. Um, it's called coping. Yeah, it's called coping. Uh, Marley ATL says, good morning, Scott, Nick, and the Falcons Nation. I love this podcast. I tune in every day. Keep up the good work. 
it's uh, very appreciated that you're here, Marley. Marley says, I really hope Blank doesn't go through this whole process just to pick Bill Belichick. And that's what I said Michael Ro over the weekend. Michael Rothstein put out the report. He's the, he's the Falcons ESPN beat writer. That the, the search is wide open. I'm like, I'm not going to believe that until it's someone other than Bill Belichick. Because uh, right now I feel like you're already starting to get smoke around who is who would be Bill Belichick's offensive coordinator. He may bring Josh McDaniels with him. I'm starting to like connect the dots a little bit on that. Like, you know, is this thing already done? Are you really going to go through 13 interviews and this horse and pony show just to hire the guy? Belichick's not really getting a lot of interviews. That said, Rex Ryan threw his name out there today of going to the Bills, just going a little bit north and coaching Buffalo out there. Um, so, again, I don't particularly want Belichick. I, I, I'd probably put him fifth or sixth on the list of guys. I'd rather have Harbaugh than Belichick. Um, you know, my number one would still be Ben Johnson. I'd be really interested in Bobby Slowick, offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans, who did interview with the Falcons this weekend too, Nick. Yeah, all, all good uh, options. And I got to ask, you know, what, what about Bill Belichick is not super interesting for you? Because I know that the offensive stuff really faded there in New England the last few years. But in Atlanta, you have a pretty good offensive infrastructure in place. And if you can bring in Josh uh, McDaniels as well to. And you know, who? That's what it comes down to for me, though, is yeah. you've got a two-year window. Good morning, Roderick. He says, afternoon, Scott. Enjoyed the late two games. Uh, we learned something, didn't we? A quarterback draft needs at least three years before you can judge him. Um, Red Swarm says, good morning, everyone. We're having a coffee. Yes, we are. Uh, for me, it's the quarterback situation with a guy that is on a two- to three-year project at most. You know, you, you thought – you know, year three, you need to win an Arthur Smith, but it it wasn't wasn't that he went seven. Yes, it was. It was that he went seven and ten again. It was that they actually regressed in their third year. You know, this is a three-year project. That doesn't mean he had to go to the playoffs and win, but you can't regress. No. With Belichick, you're looking at most a three-year project, and then he's done. I mean, he's he's gonna be finished, and you still don't have your quarterback. So can you bring in Bill Belichick and then what? That that's that's still the big one to me. And then what are you doing at quarterback? You don't have time to take a bridge guy, you know, a Marcus Mariota while you're doing this. You can't develop one. Can you get a quarterback that can come in and play right away? Kirk Cousins, who's also old and coming off a serious injury. That scares the hell out of me, Nick. So for me, it's it's yeah. the two pieces. It's the coach and the quarterback. And if you go Belichick, I don't know that you've got time to get the to get the quarterback. Is is the problem I have with Belichick? It's tough, but that's you know welcome to the NFL, right? <laughs> if you don't have the quarterback, you're just circling the drain. Uh, so tough pathway there. I mean, would they just bring in a Jimmy Garoppolo? Would they bring in a Jacoby Brissett and pair that with a quarterback? If it was you know McDaniel's and Belichick, there are options forward that would bring you more competency than you had this season. It definitely feels like it would be capped with those kind of options in there instead. Uh, but you never know uh, with, with uh, Belichick. I think, I mean, he's still a legend. I don't understand fully the pushback from Atlanta fans. I mean, I get it. He's not number one, but like, it's not like this team is doomed. If you bring in a bill Belichick out here, sometimes you need a, a little bit. Like I know that a lot of people towards the end of the Brady Belichick era, in new England were like, well, Brady's cooked. Look at his arm. He can't do it anymore. Shake it up there. He brings in a different intensity. The message is not dull anymore in the room when he goes out there to uh, Tampa Bay, and boom, they become instant contenders. But that's the um, problem. The, the part of the pushback is he's never been anything without Brady. It's all Brady. I, I disagree with that. 
Uh, and Rusty says that, you know, the, the Bill Belichick situation is weird. If Bill tells Arthur Blank he wants a job, he's not going to say no. So this leads me to believe the holdup is on the Bill's end. I'm not quite sure on that one. I'm just, I'm not positive right now that that's where they're going or if there's, you know, it takes time to work out contracts or we want to finish the process. Again, I, I'd feel, and that, that is part of the process, going through when you're a Giro Evero, you, you know, last year you might've gotten a head coaching interview this year, you're getting to the second stage of interviews and in year three, maybe you get the job, you get a head coaching job. Um, and that's part of the process of paying your dues in this league. It just feels like a horse and pony show. If you go up and finish this thing with Belichick. And the problem is with Belichick. And again, his defense was phenomenal for a team that had an historically bad offense. That's okay. But if you're of even close to of the opinion that he wasn't very good without Brady, where's Tom Brady in Atlanta, man? You know, it's, it, there's there's no one even close. There's not even an average level quarterback right now, and he's not going to have time to draft and develop. And we know how hard it is to get one, to acquire one. So what are you going to do on offense if it's Bill Belichick? You don't have time to say, okay, if one of these other guys comes in, we'll be a little more patient because you're going to have to go after a rookie quarterback. You want Belichick to come in and draft a quarterback? He's 72 years old, man. That's the problem I have with it. Yeah, it definitely does line up not very well. Uh, if you can pair him with a Kirk Cousins, I don't know if I believe the report about Cousins and Bell Belichick out there. Yeah, I just you know, believe it when I see it. Uh, but again, you know, I see the comment here from Bryson. It's a good point. He says Belichick did nothing. Um, but, uh, uh, without Brady. And then, you know, you might have some issues there in the locker room. You might have issues with any of these guys coming in, in the locker room. You never know. I mean, the Broncos were, you know, Oh, Nathaniel Hackett, they love him. He's a really good guy. And then the locker room, it's total chaos. You know, everybody, the lack of authority and running in there. So, um, there can be some issues either way. So I get, I get the, I somewhat get the Belichick pushback with the quarterback window conversation, Scott, but he's Bill Belichick. Maybe it's just because he's been the boogeyman in my football fandom life for so long that I don't understand like if he if he had a chance to go with him with where the roster is at right now even though you don't have the quarterback could be pretty darn good uh especially some of just how he could I think set up the infrastructure uh but will be uh will be interesting for sure jo John Brothers coming in Raymond Collins good morning good morning everybody coming in here Harry Marshall saying morning y'all driving this morning but I'm listening too well, good to see you Harry be careful don't text and drive uh, Jose coming in saying they need Harbaugh. Yeah, I think thinking about the infrastructure in place of this team already, the window with Arthur Blank and the mountain that Harbaugh's climbed on and been everywhere he's gone. I mean, we talked about it last year, the Broncos, Scott. I, Harbaugh was my number one just because every single team that he goes on kind of becomes the same very aggressive team. He calls it, God, there's a word that he uses that I really love. It's intelligent brutality, I think mm -hmm. is what he says. Uh, out there in Stanford and Michigan, you know, these big academic schools and he's re not recruiting at the top, you know, they're consistently in the 15s to 20s, but he's getting these big guys in there and they're smart and they're physical and they lean on you and everywhere he's gone, it's been that kind of team being built. And I think you could do a lot of that in Atlanta uh, as well. The one the one negative is that I feel like his style of football probably lends itself better to uh, some cold open air stadiums versus, you know, Atlanta with all uh, and the NFC South with all the uh, the good weather stadiums. But uh Either way, uh, should be a could be a good fit there with what you have in place already. Yeah, they can open up the roof, but again, great, spectacular facilities and everything. It it is it's a very good job. That's that's not necessarily the problem anymore. Um, 
there is a uh, make you fumble good to see. Says, you know, I'm here. Well, I'm glad you are. Uh, Keith comes in and asks, you know, what are your thoughts on Joe uh, Brady and Raheem Morris? I was 100% against Joe Brady three years ago because he was coming off basically getting coffee for Sean Payton and then having a successful year at LSU with Joe Burrow. Um, who else was there with him? Jamar, Jamar Chase, Chase, Justin, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson, you know, and it's like, oh, wow, he, he was he he had a successful offense there. Man, that's that's hard to believe. Congratulations, man. Uh, it was too soon for him. He went to Carolina and struggled. Uh, and I think it was a humbling experience for him. And he's gone up to uh, went up to Buffalo. And you know, despite one of our friends coming in, the Buffalo Bills continue their legacy of choking. And God bless. Do we relate to that? Um, they just don't seem to have the low lows that the Atlanta teams have had throughout the years. Um, as far as like being going to the Super Bowl and then being four and 12 the next year. Um, they're more like the Atlanta Braves. That was where I think there's a kindred spirit there. Um, but now the Braves have two, 95 and what was it 2020, 2021? So they've got two in their belt. That helps. But yeah, the Bills felt felt for them yesterday. Um, they've got to hate the Kansas City Chiefs. They just have to. But thoughts on Raheem Morris? I mean, he's going to have a pretty good uh, chance to bring in a good staff, uh, considering how many tentacles he's had in different staffs across the league. Still pretty young and seems like somebody who is got a good vision on his team. I mean, the, the, his ability to kind of match the two high safety stuff and the match quarters that Staley had there in the Rams and going more to, you know, the cover three centric stuff uh, and marrying those concepts, that's hard to do. And he did it out there in the Rams. So he seems like somebody who can work with a multitude of ideologies and work it together. You know, how many pieces on that Rams team are like, you know, third uh, day three picks as well, you know, fitting these guys into good slots. I think he's got some, uh, some good, uh, some good ideas in terms of how an infrastructure and how a team can be built. Uh, not as flashy, maybe not the ceiling of, you know, a big offensive guy or the number one defensive coordinator candidate in McDonald. But uh, if he was your pick, I know it would feel probably a little underwhelming at first, uh, but I would be excited because I think you have He's he's really competent. I think he could pretty, be pretty darn good. I think one of the points I meant to make and I kind of forgot was the Falcoholic did a poll on who do you want your um, who would you take? And they, they listed four guys and it was almost tied at the top for Ben Johnson and uh, Bill Belichick. I was like, okay, it's not quite as against. Now there's vocal, vocal people on there, you know, and again, I've, I've already gone through all the reasons why I wouldn't want Bill Belichick in my top five. Um, I just, the, the window just doesn't seem to line up just because you don't have now, if this was the last three years of Matt Ryan's tenure, all right, I'm listening. Um, but this is different. This is, you need, you need a quarterback guy who well, he's going to bring Josh Daniels with him. All right. Would you draft a quarterback? They did it with Mac Jones, Nick, there's, there's your counter. If you, you know, they did it with Mac Jones and Mac Jones had a decent rookie season with Josh mm-hmm. McDaniels as his offensive coordinator. I, I think that's the one positive that you have here is that McDaniels is available again. And Bill Belichick's had his best teams with the McDaniels. And because McDaniels has the head coaching experience twice, uh, you can kind of let him operate in his own bubble and on the offensive side of the ball. Now, is that going to lead to a highly explosive offense? It's not the Shanahan tree, although maybe we'll start to see uh, Mike McDonald and uh, his disciples and tenants maybe start to uh, pass on and slow down the Shanahan tree some because he's dominated them this season. Uh, But uh, 
yeah, I think that with Belichick bringing in McDaniels, I'm not as worried about the the clown show uh, that has been an issue in New England the last few years in the offensive side of the ball because you'd probably bring in a known quantity in uh, Josh McDaniels, and money wouldn't be an object there to skimp uh, on that as well. So you could bring in who you wanted. Anthony Evans says, uh, rooted for Detroit. I think every neutral is really rooting for Detroit. And for some reason, as I'm watching these games, I kind of already flushed. I had to delete my Twix, my post, because I kind of already flushed Monday or Saturday's games down the drain. I'm like, Bill's Lions would be pretty awesome. I don't want to see Chiefs and 49ers, blah, you know, but Bill's Lions would be fire. I'm like, oh, yeah, the Ravens are out there, dumbass. (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, the Ravens would be pretty good, too. (laughs) But still, Bill's Lions would have been what I really wanted to see i i want to see two new two new teams in it so i think i think we're all kind of for the lions now i'd love to see lamar get his ring um i'm a uh just i guess you can just call it as it is typically i'm pretty objective but uh, call me a 49ers hater uh just because i don't want brock purdy to succeed because i don't like iowa state that much uh so uh anything that brings iowa state fans joy i'm I'm tired of it uh even though he's throwing to george kittle uh and we have a uh pretty fun a uh, iowa tight end versus iowa tight end matchup there in the NFC championship game with Laporta versus Kittle, but uh, can't do it. Too many uh, Brock Purdy, Iowa state jerseys around in uh, those, the Midwest. I can't, I I need that out. There's going to be too many people that are bad at math telling us that, see, you don't need to draft a quarterback in the first round. Look at Brock Purdy. Yes. Yes. Go and try and build your, your, uh, your team around the, the Mr. Irrelevant, please, please try and do that. And I'll keep taking my first rounders and beat your brains in, Mm -hmm. you know, one out of, 100,000 aren't really good odds. Yes, it happens, and that's why you, we like having more picks, because you might get lucky. Uh, there is something Iceberg. I wanted to talk about quick here, just to talk about the draft. I This may be too far of a rabbit hole. Did you see Jim Nagy's tweet yesterday? Um, talking about the – so it's as head of the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy, talking about how teams are going to be probably fighting to get rid of their day three picks this year because it is the smallest underclassman pool in NFL history, and it just keeps getting smaller and smaller by the year. And it's one part of it's the COVID year, a lot of it's NIL, uh, but the draft landscape is changing. Talking about those day three picks, just the mm-hmm. because there's so few underclassmen declaring better product. Guys are coming in more prepared uh, in the college side of things, but uh, curious to see how teams utilize their day three picks going forward if the pool is not as good. He said essentially a lot of teams, especially rounds five through seven, are going to be taking guys off their undrafted free agent boards because they've just dried up completely. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be worth trading back like giving future picks because this will end up balancing out eventually mm-hmm. with, the, with the NIL. We talked about quarterbacks. If the average, the average age of the quarterback might move up a year, a year and a half moving forward. But that means while it goes from average age of 22 to 23, when it does that, there's going to be a one year gap. That gap mm-hmm. will eventually balance out. This could be that gap here. Black Heisenberg coming is, I think we already made the decision. The minute our defensive coordinator was granted permission to do interviews. That was a big signal to me too. You know, hey, you've already got your guy. If, you know, maybe we're just trying to do right by Ryan Nielsen, but I'm also a little surprised Ryan Nielsen hasn't been allowed to interview for the head coaching job, even if it's just for practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and would they announce that? I would think his agent would announce it, uh, if nothing else. Floyd Donnelly has a good question. What is Ritter's future? Ritter has probably a four-year deal as a third-round pick, or is it a th- it should be a four-year deal as a third-round pick, I would think. Um, yeah. He's dirt cheap and should be allowed to come in and compete, th- to stay and compete. So because he's cheap and experienced, 
he would be a good backup type and come in and compete. And if he wins the job, he wins the job. But the Atlanta Falcons have to go big after a quarterback in this offseason. If they fail, worst case is you've got Desmond Ritter. How worst case is that? It could be worse. But you're not going into the offseason thinking Desmond Ritter's our guy. You, you're, you're not. That costs some guys their jobs this last offseason. Yeah, Ritter's probably going to end up being a backup across the league and, you know, a spot starter here or there. But, uh, and I know we just had the comment in here about giving guys enough time, but, you know, two years in, typically, you know, 12 to 18 starts, you kind of know who guys are. I know there's, there's the talk about, you know, Josh Allen, look what he did early. But if you have a absolute height, weight, speed, arm talent unicorn, uh, then maybe, you know, give them a little bit longer leash, especially after you trade it up for them. But typically, you know what a guy's going to be after 18 starts. That Now, those starts could come later on in their career, a.k.a. Jordan Love. Oh, look, they were patient with Jordan Love. Well, we just finally had 18 starts for him. We didn't know really who he was until we had him on the field for that year and a half. Uh, But uh, I think with Ritter, you probably know who he is, and it's not good enough to take you where you want to go. But still, you know, two years of control, uh, rookie contract as a backup quarterback, That's there's value to that still, and he seems like a good uh, good locker room guy as well. So that's probably the future with Ritter. You'll keep him out here. And uh, hopefully if, you know, you get a dinged up quarterback, a starter two, he can navigate the offense well enough to squeak out a few wins and keep you relevant. Um, Jonathan Griffin says, I want Harbaugh. Please don't draft JJ. Red Swarm says, please fellas address the two in-person minority interviews. It still hasn't been satisfied for reports, which is uh, the Rooney rule. And everyone's confused while no hire has been made. Yeah, I don't. Because the only in-person interviews last week were the two guys that didn't have head coaching jobs were Harbaugh and um, Belichick. So, but how were some of the other teams getting that done last week? Because frankly, it irritates the sh- it irritates me when Adam Schefter tweets they've completed this interview and that was happening last week, which has now satisfied the Rooney Rule. I'm like, just stop talking about it. It's it's demeaning. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like it. I, I don't like that you're bringing it, even bringing it into people's attention that, oh, yeah, good. We, we've satisfied our quota. Now we can go hire who we want to. It's, it's demeaning to the candidates, and I don't like it. I wish that would stop. Yeah, I don't. I think good intention, but bad as it in reality uh with the Rooney rule yeah I'm not talking about the rule itself I'm just saying that the 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 discussion after minority candidate has been interviewed okay the Rooney rule is now and we've we've checked those boxes now we're allowed to make a hire I, I just I think it's demeaning to the candidates that's my opinion as an old white guy apologies tell me if I listen listen I'm ignorant if I'm wrong I'm wrong tell me I'm wrong I'll and I'll listen to you absolutely well, you're 100%. I think you're 100% right, though, that it is demeaning to the candidates because you're only hired because you have to fulfill this. Uh, again, not hired, but interviewed. Quota. Interviewed. Yeah, you, you're only interviewed because you have to fill a quota. Well, these are quality candidates, the Rooney Rule or not. So uh, you don't have to put it out there that, oh, you only did that. I think Albert Breer also had a tweet that uh, he walked back pretty quickly because it just came off really insensitive and uh, demeaning. Just, you know, oh, well, now they did that. They can actually go get the guy they want. Well, no, there's plenty of great minority candidates. Most most of the guys I like in this cycle, I mean, the, my, the last few cycles have been minority candidates. So uh, 
I think that's a definitely an issue with the whole thing. I don't know what the rule change should be. I do like what the teams are doing now as far as uh, compensating teams when you have a minority candidate hired away, because uh, I think that really does reward teams for pushing to develop and put these guys in positions where they can actually get their spots. They're not stuck as you know a positional coach or anything. You're elevating them in the front office and the front uh, and the coaching staff to hopefully get that uh, get a chance later so you can get those comp picks. But we'll be interesting. And yeah, and Roderick Cooks says road to hell. Nick paved with good intentions, no doubt, no doubt. Roderick. Um, Ghost Pepper says the Chargers are offering Jim Harbaugh ninety million. Blank's pockets are deeper. Harbaugh makes a decision it won't be based on cash. And this is the same conversation I had with the Broncos fans last year because they've got the richest owners in American sports uh, in the Greg Penner group with Walmart was you don't want them making a decision because of money. It's nice that you can make money no object, but if a guy comes to your team because of money, then he's not making the decisions for the right reasons. Um, and that And thank you for the reminder because I looked it up. The Chargers are in cap hell right now. They're $45 million underwater. So they're second worst only to the New Orleans Saints, who are $85 million under the uh, over the cap right now. So the uh, there's about an $80 million swing, talking about money, there's about an $80 million swing of available cap space for the Falcons versus the LA Chargers right now. Um, wanted to see Keith McCants coming here. Good to see you, Keith. He says, how about Belichick as coach, Joe Brady or Eric Bieniemy as offensive coordinator, future coach in waiting? That might be a way that you could entice Joe Brady to leave, unless there's a coaching change. Then Joe Brady's in the is is absolutely available. Um, I don't know that Joe Brady is quite ready for a head coaching job. I'm just thinking of possible if there is a change. Would you competition for Joe Brady? Not talking about him coming in as being the coach. Will he be an offensive coordinator again next year? Probably, probably. Um, and Eric Bieniemy is it's gone radio silence. I think. I think it's about time we can shut the door on an Eric Bieniemy talk. Um, there's nine, eight openings, and I don't know that he's been granted another interview at this point. Um, there's minority candidates being hired, and he's not getting interviews. It has nothing to do with any of that. It has everything to do with Eric Bieniemy. The other thing here, just as we wrap it up, uh, Scott, because I know we got to get on the Broncos side of things, but. I think you saw, I think it was it Mike Florio, uh, somebody in the NFL uh, market has been talking about the chief's position, maybe becoming opening open as well with Andy Reed. And you want to talk about, we just talked about the bills potentially being an unbelievable spot. I mean, if you can get out to Kansas city where you don't have to really worry about the offense as much and build around Mahomes for the next, you know, 10 years, that would be the, one of the best openings we've seen in a, a decade. Uh, so yeah, we keep talking about all these spots. Why has nobody been hired? Not a single team has hired a head coach yet, right? I mean, we had the Bears just bring in Shane Waldron uh, today, offensive coordinator hire. Great hire by them. Uh, but uh, here we go. <laughs> Robbie Red, how do you feel about the Shane Waldron hire for Chicago? I really like it. Um, Shanahan Tree, uh, somebody that's probably going to need a quarterback that can operate somewhat in time. So we'll see what happens out there. But he did a good job with uh, Russell Wilson. He did a great job with uh, Geno Smith as well out there in Seattle. So. I think Waldron's a great hire for them, and it makes me think that uh, further closes the door on a uh, Justin Fields return out there in Chicago. But we'll see. But I think it's a great hire uh, for them. And oh, yeah, Zach's right. The Raiders did hire Antonio Pierce. There's one. I forgot about that one. Uh, so there's one one position closed. But other than that, nothing else has happened. Uh, but yeah, I like the Waldron hire uh, for the. And Jared Mayo was hired too in New England. You're right. Gosh, man. They, yeah. so the, they didn't have to, they didn't have to go through any interview process because it was actually in his contract language. So that was already done and approved. Yeah. Uh, if something were to happen. 
Um, no external candidates have been hired. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, real quick, because there's a couple comments on here about the Rooney Rule, and then we're then we're going to get out of here. I want to be clear on what I was saying because I, I I don't mind getting crap for things I say. I don't like getting crap for things I didn't. I'm not complaining about the Rooney rule itself. In fact, I think it's actually, as I've watched this process go along, I think it's actually a pretty good idea. This billionaire boys club is so incestuous that all they end up doing is keep retreading the same made men. I've said being a college coach is about like being in the mafia. Once you're a made man, you're a made man. And I've seen these same guys get fired and hired, fired and hired. Over and over and over again, especially in college, like, oh, this guy was offensive coordinator at these five different schools. He got fired from every single one of them. The Rooney Rule helps these billionaire boys club owners who are on their own little bubbles expand their horizons just a little bit, even if it forces them to meet some new people and expand their horizons just a little bit. I think that's a good thing. The problem I have is the media then going out and reminding everybody that this rule has been satisfied. Just let it kind of take care of itself. We're smart enough to say that, okay, the Falcons have made these higher. Okay, well, the, we know the Rooney rule. It's just, let's not bring it up that that's why it makes it implied that these guys aren't qualified and it pisses me off. I don't like that part of it. I don't like the media saying, after an interview of Ajiro Evero, the Rooney rule has been has been. Uh, satisfied the Falcons are now clear to hire Bill Belichick that can be implied I mean we can kind of connect the dots but to put it out there in front of everything everybody like that I think it's demeaning to the candidates themselves who are viable candidates that's my thought on it that the best candidate be hired hopefully it's and uh, you know keep pushing that uh, we can get more minorities in the sport it should be it should match more uh, what the player population is in reality. That's just, I mean, Actually, should... I'm not getting into all of that. I'm just saying I don't need to have it waved in my face. I, I again, I, I don't, I'm not getting into that part of things. Just let's not wave the flag every time I'm, it, it, it's the Rooney rule has been satisfied. Just go satisfy the Rooney rule and let's move on. Meet some new people. You might, you might find out that you've, done a better job of getting D'Amico Ryans instead of my God, who's, who's the guy that was at the, uh, with the Broncos when you and I started together, defensive coordinator. It was under Fangio and then their offensive coordinator. They, and oh, they just, Don, Donatel. Donatel. And who was their offensive coordinator? They had, uh, Rick Skingarello at one point and then they went to, uh, either way, it's some, they keep recycling those guys. I think he ended up going up to Minnesota, but that, that may have been Donatel too. Anyway, yeah. on that note, we're going to get out of here, guys. We'll be back on Wednesday. We'll see what kind of news happens between now and then. We're going to hop over to Denver Broncos, youtube.com slash mile high huddle. We're going to go talk some draft probably if you want to join mm -hmm. us. If anything yeah, happens, make sure you hit that subscribe button because if anything happens between now and the next time we're on, we're going to go live with a gut reaction right away. So make sure you're on to get those alerts I want to thank everybody for being here leave a comment after the fact if i need to clarify something i will uh if you have questions or different opinions i love them let's just you know i'll be respectful that's all i ever ask i've never banned somebody for having a different opinion i've banned them for being an a-hole mm -hmm. <laughs> on that note nick we're gonna get out of here appreciate everybody being here uh have a great monday and we'll see you next time peace